I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. Hey, Skull King Nation, you've heard us talk a lot lately about StatRoute. I have not seen any other stat service come close to what they can provide. You can adjust your search filters to see a player's entire career history against a team, a specific coach, or even against a specific defensive coordinator. StatRoute has done the hard part for you. All you need to do is sign up for their service and start working with the various search filters. Right now, you can get a free trial by going to statroute.com for a couple days to get used to how the system works. Once your free trial is over, you can use the promo code SKULKINGFF, that's SKULKINGFF, to get 25% off your subscription for the rest of the 2018 NFL season. So sign up today and get the fantasy stats you need to rule your league. Again, go to statroute.com, that's S-T-A-T. R-O-U-T-E.com and use the promo code SkullKingFF. That's SkullKingFF to get 25% off your 2018 NFL subscription. Welcome to the Skull King Football Podcast, presented by Fox DFS Firelines. Now, here are your hosts, Justin and Ryan Skullrude. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host today, Justin Skullrude, doing a solo show for you guys today. Uh, on the docket for today's schedule, we're going to cover that uh, horrible Thursday night game uh, between Denver and Arizona. Then we're going to get into today's headlines, then cover the matchups for you guys, have a quick episode for you guys today. Uh, before we get into the episode, though, uh, I want to remind you guys, or ask you guys, rather, uh, to head on over to iTunes or to Google Play, Stitcher, whatever your podcast uh, listening service is, however you're listening uh, to this episode. Please hit that subscribe button so you can be up to date on all of our information that comes out weekly with our four weekly shows, uh, as well as head on over to uh, skulking football on Facebook, where you can join our messenger groups, where you can pose questions and all those kinds of things and be a part of the skulking fantasy football community. So let's get into the episode. Uh, really, this was not a game for very long. I think it was a game for about 10 minutes. Um, this was really a game of just which team was going to be worse. The Denver Broncos have had a, uh, a decent defense. Uh, and have had a great defense over the last couple of years. And I think that's really evident in this game. I don't think this is the Broncos getting back on track per se, as much as it is the Arizona Cardinals just being in absolute dumpster fire. Um, the Denver Broncos defense beat up on a third game starting quarterback in Josh Rosen. It was evident. He threw three interceptions. He fumbled the ball twice. Um, he did get one touchdown late in the game to Larry Fitzgerald, but this was not a game a really primed out of the gate. Once once it became 21-3, to the Arizona Cardinals were going to have to do a lot of passing, which was not the game script coming in. 
in order to beat Broncos this this week, they needed to get David Johnson in space and run the ball. The Broncos ran the ball very, very effectively. Philip Lindsay, 14 carries, 90 yards, and a touchdown uh, with a great, I think, 26 or 28-yard run there, just rolling over guys and getting a touchdown. Royce Freeman, again, once again, gets kind of that one-yard touchdown from the goal line. Uh, has an okay enough day to keep him. I know in a previous episode yesterday, I talked about if he didn't get 10 points, I would look to drop him. He did get 37 yards and a touchdown. I'm okay with continuing to torture myself having him there because I really believe that if something were to ever happen to Philip Lindsay, I would rather torture myself having Royce Freeman on my bench than to try and have to fight the waivers in order to get him back on my team should something happen to Philip Lindsay. Manuel Sanders, great game. Ends up uh, passing for a touchdown on this game. Uh, he almost uh, he was a better passer than uh, Case Keenum. Uh, one completion, 28 yards, one touchdown uh, on six catches, seven targets, 102 yards. Cortland Sutton gets one catch, and that was from Emmanuel Sanders himself. Demarius Thomas, once again, kind of uh, middle-of-the-road kind of game, but this was really a game where they got up early and then continued to run the ball. So uh, what this says to me from this team, Denver Broncos get a win, get closer to 500. I still think they may finish under 500 for the first time since the 70s. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I would not be shocked um, if you see some firings happen. Um, when you go 1-6, and six, um, after paying um, Bradford at the, in the offseason, this is not the way that their team was expecting the season to go. And I would expect uh, someone to pay the price quickly uh, and, and sooner rather than later. And so on to uh, today's headlines. Uh, for those of you who are holding out hope for Leonard Fournette to possibly play this week, that is still considered unlikely once again, no practice for Leonard Fournette. Um, it was indicated a couple of weeks ago that they would likely hold him out until after the bye. Uh, so he is not likely to play this week. Uh, for you Jets fans or Jets owners, Robbie Anderson did return to practice uh, today, as well as Isaiah Crowell, which looks good for their playing later this week. Um, and kind of some insignificant news outside of the joke I'm going to tell. Uh, the Giants signed Corey Coleman to their practice squad where he should be safe from Josh Gordon then coming in and taking his spot and getting him released. Uh, so uh, best of luck to Corey Coleman on the practice squad for the Giants. Um, T.Y. Hilton uh, uh, did practice today, uh, Thursday, um, which is good signs for him to play this week against Buffalo. I'm still nervous about playing him this first week. Buffalo is a, uh, a good, solid defense. And with hamstring issues, I think they're going to ease him back. I'd feel much more comfortable waiting a week um, of him playing a game. If he plays this week, I would wait. If he doesn't play this week, he almost got to wait a couple of weeks before he comes back. You got to let him play a full game before I'm comfortable playing him. Theo Riddick did not practice. I think that goes uh, boost or bodes well, excuse me, uh, bodes well for, uh, for carry on Johnson. Um, to get a little bit more work. He is kind of the in-between guy. 
in being able to catch the ball and run the ball. No one's going to throw the ball to Blount, and you're not really going to run up the middle or do any sort of power running game with Theo Riddick. So the benefactor of, of Riddick potentially not playing Sunday is on Johnson. Um, officially, Isaiah Crowell, actually this is a little bit of an update. Sorry, I missed this, guys. Isaiah Crowell uh, was officially – uh, downgraded to a do not practice on Thursday. So he actually didn't practice. My apologies for, for missing that piece. Uh, Greg Olson, uh, with his foot injury, remained limited at Thursday's practice. We'll cover his uh, ability here or what my thoughts are here in just a second when we get to the matchups. Evan Ingram was practicing uh, full in uh, practice this week uh, in preparation for week seven. Carson Wentz also practiced. Uh, Dalvin Cook also practiced and was full in practice. I'm fully expecting him to play this week and be the starter. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was downgraded to uh, not uh, to a DNP, which is do not practice or did not practice. Uh, this does not scare me. I'm going to continue to go with DeAndre Hopkins. There is no new injury, um, and he has continued to play through all of this. He's got uh, a good matchup this week. Um, and I'm not concerned about his ability uh, to to play against Jacksonville. Jacksonville gave up a ton of yards last week. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys you're going to play him regardless. I know he may get matched up against Jalen Ramsey. Um, Jalen Ramsey uh, got humbled last week, uh, and as noticed by his not talking very much in the postgame uh, press conference, but DeAndre Hopkins, you're still going to start your stud there. Um, Dalvin Cook, or sorry, not Dalvin Cook, uh, TJ Yeldon returned to practice on Thursday. Uh, signs indicate that he will play uh, for the uh, for that game. Uh, Adrian Peterson uh, returned to limited role in practice. This uh, is something to continue to monitor uh, because Thompson may not play this week, uh, and so Adrian Peterson. Uh, is still an RB2, even though he's been somewhat limited. I still can, I still believe he will fully play uh, this week. Um, Cowboys wide receiver Terrence Williams has been suspended for the next three weeks, uh, according to NFL's Field Yates. Uh, he has not been that productive so far this year, but in dynasty teams, um, this is not boding well for his future with the team uh, with his suspension. Uh, the Saints have placed Ted Ginn on injured reserve today. He was not a practice, uh, and he is droppable at this point, specifically in Dynasty Leagues. No one had him in redraft leagues. No one really had him in anything, maybe a 16-team league or more, but uh, Ted Ginn has not done much this season. Um, Redskins wide receiver Jamison Crowder is going to be out a couple of weeks. The team promoted practice squad wide receiver uh, Chesson. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Sorry, guys. Uh, to their active roster, Crowder's MRI did did provide some good news as it's not an extended absence. I still don't like any of the receivers from Washington this week against Dallas, who is a very solid team, but we'll cover that uh, here in a second as well. Uh, Devontae Freeman had surgery today, uh, and his surgery went well. Um, continue to watch that. If you've got an IR spot, put him there. Don't drop him. There is a possibility that he comes back for fantasy football playoffs, which is week 13 through 16. 
So it's still something to continue to monitor. And so on to our matchups for the week. Uh, first matchup that we'll cover uh, is the Carolina Panthers uh, versus the Philadelphia Eagles. And I like the Eagles in this game, not just because it's a home game, um, but because um, I still just don't trust Cam Newton's ability to throw the ball. I understand that uh, the Eagles have struggled a little bit against wide receivers, uh, being the 27th ranked defense against wide receivers this season. Um, but once again, I am not a believer in Cam Newton's ability to stay accurate with the passing game. So I believe that they'll continue to run the ball. Um, I think Cam Newton will still have an okay day, but uh, I believe that the Eagles are going to win this one out. Um, I still have Newton uh, ranked pretty high just because he's going uh, on goal line. He's still got the possibility of running and getting touchdowns in that way, getting some extra points from the ground. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you're going to start. Uh, I'm okay starting Funchess, uh, but I'm not okay starting Olsen. Um, he's not going to be used enough, uh, in my opinion, and Philadelphia doesn't give up much production to tight ends so far this season. Uh, on the other side, Wentz is going to be a, a start for me this week, even though Carolina is pretty solid on defense. Wentz has played well over the last couple of weeks. I fully believe that uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz are going to have monster games um, because Aguilar still continues to have drop problems. So I think there's going to be less targets his way, which means there's going to be more for Jeffrey and Ertz. Ertz uh, or Carolina is already the 26th wor or 26th best, so it's pretty bad against uh, tight ends. So consider Ertz and Jeffrey a big boom plays this week, not just solid starts. Uh, Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood. Um, I think the way to beat Carolina is going to be through the pass. I think you'll see a little bit more work from Smallwood, but once again, I have Clement ranked a little bit higher because of his ability or his usage, rather, uh, there around the goal line. So I like Philadelphia in this game, uh, and uh, that's those are my thoughts. And so on to Cleveland versus Tampa Bay. Um, I had been talking about make, uh, Baker Mayfield being a streamable option this week because Tampa Bay is horrible at defense. Um, they are ranked last against quarterbacks. So I like Mayfield. Uh, I think I have him just outside my top 12, but considering that Russell Wilson, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers are all on buys, uh, he is still a streamable option at quarterback uh, with a ton of upside. Carlos Hyde um, has been rather touchdown dependent. His rushing yards have been, his yards per carry have been down so far this year, but I look for him to have a solid game. I think this is going to be a, a high scoring game. Uh, you really hope Landry owners really hope for some solid production uh, between Mayfield and Landry. It has been horrible. Um, less than 50% catch ratio uh, from targets so far over the last three weeks, so it hasn't been good. But Ninjoku is a solid play, and I have Ninjoku in my top 10 uh, at the tight end position for this week. Uh, over on the other side, uh, Jameis Winston uh, really came on fire this last week. Uh, but still got the loss. And so um, because Tampa Bay's defense is so bad and Cleveland's defense is is better, uh, even though they have struggled at times 
uh, so far this year. I like the Cleveland Browns in this game to win on the road. Uh, Winston is a solid enough start. I think I have him in my uh, top 12. Uh, Peyton Barber, uh, it was encouraging to see his production last week. Once again, I think that this is a different team with Winston at the helm. This is less... uh, Pass, 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 and I think they mix it up a little bit more, which makes Barber more valuable. And so on to uh, Mike Evans, Jackson, and Godwin. I actually like – I just have this feeling that Godwin is going to outproduce Evans. Um, Godwin did get the touchdown. Evans had a little bit of a lackluster week last week. But we've talked about this over the last two years in that – Winston and Evans don't have the greatest chemistry. Um, Winston would constantly go to Cameron Break because he knew that Cameron Break would be where he was supposed to be on third downs in order to get those first down yardage um, and, and pick up those first downs. Um, Winston has shown good chemistry with Godwin so far. Howard is an obvious solid start. I would still rank Evans above Godwin, but I think that Godwin has a serious shot of outscoring Evans again this week. And then Jackson would be the third receiver that you would start out of here. Flex worthy, um, but really a boomer bust type of play as he's been all year. Uh, Once again, I like Cleveland in this game uh, for this week. And so on to the next game where we have uh, a very potent offense in the New Orleans Saints versus the top defense in the league uh, in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, from, from the get-go, I think I like the Ravens in this game. Um, defense wins championships, as they say, um, but I really like how the defense of the Ravens is playing. Um, Drew Brees is facing the best pass defense against quarterbacks. Kamara and Ingram are facing the best defense against running backs in fantasy football this year. So although I don't expect Kamara to have as bad of a game as he did last week, uh, I am, I'm thinking that this is going to be a tough game for Kamara and Ingram to exceed their projections. Um, I think Ingram is likely to outscore Kamara again because I think this is going to be a little bit more of a running Um, game around the goal line Um, because I think that the Ravens are going to tee off on Ingram and unless Traquan Smith is going to have another big game like he did last week before the bye um, they're going to need to rely on Thomas Ingram and Kamara um, and you're facing a tough defense so I think it's it's a tough outlook for the Saints on the other side I don't really like the offense of the Ravens. Yes, they've been productive so far. Collins did get two touchdowns last week. Um, Buck Allen is kind of uh, hiding back into the fold as Collins continues to uh, not fumble. Crabtree uh, and John Brown are facing the worst defense against wide receivers in fantasy, but I just don't trust Joe Flacco in big games. Uh, Flacco gets a ton of yards, but is not converting in the end zone. That is being done by Alex Collins and Buck Allen. So uh, I like Crabtree and John Brown as starts. I even like Willie Sneed as a sneaky start in this game, um, but really only as a flex option 
based off of all of the buys. So I'm okay with starting Snead. You're going to start John Brown at least as a wide receiver three, possibly wide receiver two based off your roster construction. Crabtree is really the, the end zone or red zone target. So Crabtree is there, but I would rank Brown above Crabtree. Um, so Brown, Crabtree, and then Snead. And I'm not starting any tight ends from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. There's just way too many being played for me to be feel comfortable in picking uh, any particular one. Um, also, sorry, on the, on the Saints side, I'm not starting Watson either because the Baltimore Ravens are third best against uh, the tight ends in uh, fantasy football. On to uh, the next game, which I think is going to be a higher scoring game uh, than projected because I think the 49ers can still put points on the board and the Rams defense has been beatable so far. But Jared Goff going to have a big game. Todd Gurley's going to have a monster game. Um, Woods and Cooks are going to benefit from Cooper Cup being out. Um, and with as much talk as there has been um, earlier in the week because of waiver wire stuff, um, there was a lot of people that picked up Josh Reynolds. And I, I just don't see it. I think they're going to rely on – or I believe they're going to rely on their, on their studs and Robert Woods and Cooks. This is not going to be a game where they're going to have to scheme too much. There's just way too much talent on the Rams side of the ball. Um, and the Rams are going to go 7-0. and um, Goff won't have to really look at Josh Reynolds' way. Woods and Cooks are, are going to beat this defense pretty easily. And Gurley's against – Gurley's he's, – he's your stud. You're going to start him. That's not even a question. Number one of running back uh, in fantasy football. On the other side – no one's really starting Bethard, but he can prove uh, productive uh, in a 14-team league or more. In a 12-team league, depending on buys, he's an okay start once again because the Rams have been beatable. The emergence of Goodwin now back healthy is a huge plus in those deep threat game, in those deep threat, deep threat throws. Garcon still kind of depresses me so far this season. Kittle is a solid play. From the tight end perspective, um, facing a, a, a pretty solid matchup uh, in Kittle. Um, Brita, I believe, is going to have a top, uh, a top, no, we'll go top 15 performance this week. Um, he has dealt with injuries a lot, but in order for the 49ers to really be successful, they're going to have to mix it up pretty well. He's involved in the passing game. He's going to have a great game this week um, just because I think the 49ers are going to be able to, to be able to score points on the Rams. Uh, obviously, I like the Rams in this game, but I like Breida in this matchup. Moving on to Dallas versus Washington. I think this is going to be the exact opposite of the previous game of the Rams versus the 49ers. This is going to be a low-scoring game. I understand that Dak Prescott did a number on the Jaguars last week. But a lot of that came in the, the uh, run-pass option and, and the quarterback running the ball, naked bootlegs, those kinds of things. Um, but I just don't see that happening very well against Washington. It worked against the Jaguars because they're, they're an attacking defense that's just going to go right at you. Um, and that type of quarterback play from Dak was able to exploit that as the Jaguars excuse me, the Jaguars would run past him. Dak Prescott would then get some good runs. 
Elliott, you're going to play and start. I don't like Cole Beasley in this game. There's going to be some small uh, passing routes uh, or short passing routes in this game, but I just don't see Cole Beasley getting the end zone twice in order to make him fantasy football relevant. Uh, and I'm not starting any wide receiver uh, from the Cowboys. Once again, Dak Prescott has been as bad as Brock Osweiler before this last week, um, which is not good. So I'm not looking to start Dak on a bye week when there are like 20 other quarterbacks that I would rather start. Um, on the other side of the ball, you got Alex Smith, um, who's going to be going up against a very good Dallas defense. This is in Washington. So I give the edge to the Redskins in this game because I believe um, that they're a more complete team. They've got better wide receiver options, even though Richardson and Doxson are facing a very tough defense against Dallas, which is the third best in fantasy football. But Seattle, with all of their lineman woes over the last couple of years, ran for over 100 yards against Dallas and beat Dallas on the ground. So I think this is a great game for Adrian Peterson, even with Chris Thompson being banged up. Um, obviously, with Thompson back, that elevates Peter. That elevates AP, in my opinion, because he's not going to have to be on the field as much or relied on as much. But I still love Peterson to be a uh, middle-to-low-end RB2 and a solid, solid play, uh, and I'm expecting good things from Peterson this week. Um, Reed, obviously, you're still starting. Um, he's going to be uh, the target that I believe Alex Smith is going to go to. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's it for my thoughts on Dallas versus Washington. On to the Sunday night matchup. This is going to be uh, another huge, huge, huge scoring game. I think both teams are going to score more than 30 points um, because uh, Kansas City can't play defense. Uh, and in Cincinnati or in Kansas City will put up points on pretty much anybody. Um, I like Dalton in this game. I think you're going to start Dalton, Mixon, A.J. Green, and Tyler Boyd, all solid plays against a uh, really bad Kansas City defense. Uh, Uzuma I'm fine playing as well because Kansas City is 30th against uh, the tight end in fantasy. Uh, and then Mahomes, Hunt, Hill, Watkins, Kelsey, uh, you're going to play all of those with expectations of big scoring in this game. Uh, there's not much really to say about this one other than there's going to be a ton of points scored. Um, both offenses are doing very, very well. I think this is a great game for Mixon on the ground, being able to not only catch the ball out of the backfield, but also be able to run the ball on the ground. I think he's, he's going to get 100 yards on the ground, potentially 150 yards total this week. Uh, and why not? I'm going to say two scores. I think he's going to have a monster game this week against Kansas City uh, and outshine Kareem Hunt because Kansas City does not need Hunt as much as Cincinnati needs Mixon, in my opinion. Now, on to the uh, Monday night matchup where the Giants play the Falcons. Um, on, uh, on my Yahoo Sports app, there's been this uh, like little betting game that comes up, and, and I forgot to think about uh, what the name of that app was um, but in one of those uh, apps it asked um, over under on a Giants player 
um, beating up equipment on the sidelines. I took the under because I think this is going to be a game where the Giants uh, score some points. Once again, the Falcons have been decimated by injuries, not only on defense, but also on offense. Um, I think this is a game primed for Manning to have a ton of yards and some touchdowns. I think he'll throw for over 300 yards. I think he'll get uh, at least two touchdowns. I think Barkley will get something in the air and on the ground. I think this is a great, great, great matchup for Beckham. For those of you who are disappointed in his output uh, so far this season, I wouldn't be too disappointed. He's still a top 10 wide receiver. Um, but last week definitely hurt a little bit. Hopefully it didn't cost you your league. Shepard is back. Ingram is back. Um, so I think you'll see a little bit of a dip from production in Shepard. Uh, Ingram has a great matchup. Atlanta has been um, getting torched by tight ends so far this season. So if he plays, he's an obvious start. And I believe he outscores uh, Sterling Shepard this week. But Beckham, obviously a start. Um, Manning is an okay streaming option, but really only because the Falcons are so bad. I personally like other options out there um, because I just I just don't trust Eli Manning to be productive even against the Falcons um, in pressure situations. I just I've been burned by it so many times. The upside is there. It's a great play. I personally am looking for better options. I would I would take Andy Dalton over Eli Manning, obviously. Um, and then over on the Falcons side, you're going to start Ryan. I am starting Ito Smith above Tevin Coleman. Ito Smith has scored a touchdown in each of the last three weeks. And with Freeman going on IR, I think they're going to commit to Ito Smith a little bit more uh, in the running game with a little bit more touches than Coleman. Coleman's still going to be widely used in the passing game but I really like Ito Smith so far. Julio Jones, I think this is the game where he uh, finally gets in the end zone. Um, no receiver in the history of the NFL for the first six weeks has got 700 passing yards and failed to reach the end zone. I don't see it happening again. Um, concerns here with Muhammad Sanu and Calvin Ridley, both are questionable right now. Um, I think that's uh, a big boost for Austin Hooper, who's had a great last two weeks. Um, if you have Sanu or Ridley, if you at all have a different option on your bench, I would rather play someone with less upside than Sanu or Ridley and have them score points than get to the Monday game and have Ridley or uh, Sanu get benched because of injury. Um, so I just, I play a risk averse version of fantasy football. I would feel more comfortable playing a different player from my bench. I know there's four teams on buys, so you may not have the option there. Um, but I would feel more comfortable playing somebody else. Um, I like the Falcons in this game to win at home. The Giants are just struggling too much from an internal turmoil standpoint that I just don't like picking the Giants over the Falcons. Falcons need a win in order to keep their season hopes alive uh, this season's two and four. They need to turn things around. The Giants are done for the season. And so uh, that's it for me. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram page, our Facebook page. You can check us out on SleeperBot as well. 
Those are all the channels that you guys can use to send us and submit your questions. We get pretty busy on the weekends with you guys submitting all the questions. You can join Skull King uh, Football on Facebook. We even have a Facebook group that you can join the community, ask questions, and those kinds of things. Once again, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. I have been your host, and it has been a pleasure to share fantasy football knowledge with you guys. Have a good one. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues. I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's premier home purchase lender. We've created a new way to protect you from unpredictable interest rates. Our exclusive rate shield approval. First, we lock your interest rate for up to 90 days. Then, if rates go up, your rate stays locked. But if rates go down, your rate drops. Either way, you win. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30-year fixed rate loans. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply. At Jared, we know devotion isn't a once-a-year occasion. And once the flowers have wilted and the chocolates have disappeared, you'll still want them to know how much you care. Dare to give a gift that lasts this Valentine's Day with our incredible selection of jewelry. From delicate rose gold to bold black diamonds, Jared has hundreds of pieces under $299 and exclusive collections you won't find anywhere else. Shop online or find a store near you at jared.com and dare to be devoted.